Hey, welcome back to the Christmas Tree Farming Podcast. Uh, this is Jeremy with the Sissel Christmas Tree Farm, uh, located in Central Kentucky. Um, had some pretty good weather this month. Uh, getting a little bit of rain, but a lot of sunshine. Um, not nearly as much rain as we had had previously in September, so that is good. Uh, I know I've talked to several people that uh, probably experienced some uh poor drainage in their fields because of the extra rain making a uh you know a little bit of a problem where they haven't previously experienced it i have a couple pockets in my areas as well that um have the same problem so we had some trees die or or decrease color because of the the increased rain um but overall pretty good as a as i like to do i just keep a, a running list of kind of what we've been happening here in the past you know three or four weeks um kind of where i left off towards the the end of september here now taking us through the last you know week of october um i think the last thing we was talking about was the greenhouses i still don't have those constructed we do have the amish building company that's coming they're going to come sometime in december and erect the uh greenhouse but we did get the building pads done i can't remember if i mentioned that in the last podcast um but it will the building pad was built and it's it basically will handle two 32 by 96 uh, greenhouses so we're ready to go there um we had done some some spraying trials in september uh, i can you know happy to report that everything that we sprayed over the top you know, directly over the top of our trees at the time periods that we listed in the last podcast, it have any effect on our trees. Um, did not, did not burn any trees. We didn't kill any. Um, everything looks good. So what we sprayed, we did some trials. Like I think I had mentioned where we did, you know, one or two rows this way or three rows this way and the rest of them kind of directed to the side um, so the side directed stuff, you know, obviously no, no issues there for sure. And then the three or f- three to five rows that we did where we sprayed directly over the top, uh, was uh, a mixture of glyphosate, SureGuard for our pre-emergent. And we also mixed in ammonium sulfate, the, uh, water dispersible granular type, the, uh, and it, you know, kind of just melts in the water, just agitate it. And, uh, I, you know, I got to work on my amount of ammonium sulfate that we put in a tank, uh, kind of upping that as we go. But I, as I said, uh, I did my entire field this way, uh, two applications over the top in September. I'm sorry, the last week in September. And here it is at the end of October. And the only thing that I notice is we're starting to see a little green up from the ammonium sulfate. But no issues as far as, you know, stunting any trees or anything like that. Obviously, we got dead grass strips uh, where we sprayed. And weeds are dead. Um, October, what was big? Bush hogged. So getting uh, final, I guess you could say, fall prep on the acre that we're prepping for uh, to plant next year in spring or to begin planting next year in spring. Uh, got everything bush hogged off. Uh, that included some of our other fields as well, but you know, bush hogging was the main thing that we did the first week of October. Uh, the second week of October, that was my final fall fertilization 
that we fertilized everything that had been in the ground over a year. Again, that was uh, ammonium sulfate uh, as a liquid, as a spray, uh, and it was just sprayed straight down the rows, right over the top. Um, that way, again, it did have uh, glyphosate and SureGuard in it as well. Um, if I'm going to spray now, it appears that I'm going to spray it all three at one time, every time, uh, spring and fall. The, uh, the third week of October, after we did, after I got, you know, that field we bush hogged off, right? So we got everything to die back there. We bush hogged it real tight. Uh, I spread about 300 pounds of sulfur on that acre, uh, about 200 pounds of triple 19 and an extra hundred pounds of just potash as it, as my soil, uh, test requires. Um, also in that third week, I, uh, subsoiled. So I used the shank subsoiler and I subsoiled that field from uphill to downhill, uh, roughly eight to 10 feet apart. So this has nothing to do with the rows. This just has to do with fall and breaking up that, the, uh, hard pan layer and just, you know, helping increase drainage. Um, it's just a routine that we do. I honestly don't know that it, it, it matters if it does anything, but I lean towards the side of, uh, better to be prepared than not. I've read a lot about subsoiling, subsoiling this way that says it, at a minimum will help increase the drainage. If you think you have poor drainage in certain areas, it will definitely help increase the drainage at least for a couple years. And that may be all you need to establish some younger seedlings. Either way, I subsoiled it every eight to 10 foot apart, the entire acre, uh, ripped it twice, a couple, a few days apart. So I let it, we rip it and then let it dry out for a couple days. And then I ripped it again. Uh, after I got done subsoiling, we tilled it in. So I got the, uh, the six foot tiller there and I set it to maximum depth. And then we, we, uh, we tilled the entire field in, uh, as running pretty slow and just making a really, really nice fluffy, uh, bed there. But main thing is not really to prepare any kind of seed bed or anything, which it, which it is for that. It's kind of a dual purpose. Main thing for me though, is I'm incorporating the, uh, the sulfur and the, the fertilizer in that top eight to 10 inches of soil. If we can get it that deep. Um, the fourth week, again, nice tilled up surface there. I put down re I, I put down rye and I put down, uh, fescue, uh, Kentucky bluegrass here, 31. That's going to come up. You know, the rye is going to come up now, you know, it's coming up now. Uh, and it's going to last me a year. It's going to, you know, kind of stabilize the soil for the most part. And then that allows my, uh, hopefully a lot of weed seed doesn't get to germinate as well. And then the bluegrass will come up and it'll pretty much choke out most of the weed seed. Um, it will help. I, I, I like the grass because I can spray, uh, clethid, clethidim this to knock the grass out any time of the year I want without having to do it spring and summer. So, um, I like, I lean towards establishing grass in the fields over other, other crops. Um, again, we did, we've done a trial on one area that we're putting in some, some clover. Um, so we'll have more, more info, more knowledge on that probably a year from now on which one is, is, is best the, the, the grass or the clover. 
and we'll see what we're going to do, you know, two years from now. Um, at the same time that I sowed that grass seed, I also did put in another 50 pounds of sulfur in triple 19, just so it would be on the top, um, which was part of the math calculation of what I actually needed uh, for, for this soil based on my soil tests. Uh, <clears throat> also in the fourth week, of, fourth week of October, which has been a busy week, we started getting, um, we started getting some of our fall stock in to plant for fall, uh, in fall, I, uh, and I haven't mentioned it previously, but I walk the field and I flag off trees that are dead or dying or, or I think are undesirable. You know, they look like they're like one or two years, you know, a solid two years behind everything else, right? As far as how old they look, we'll flag those, uh, for replacement. So they've been in the ground less than a year or two or up to a year. Those they'll get flagged for replacement. Uh, and if they're still, you know, living, but just like small or off color, I'll dig them and pot them and we'll just kind of put them to the side and see how they do. We may be able to get them back in the ground, you know, next year. Um, <clears throat> and then if they die, they die. And then, uh, but the ones that are dead or dying, you know, we replace uh, bottom line. I had about a hundred, I had about a hundred trees that I had to, replace out of 1400 that was in the field currently um so uh, you know less than 10 percent mortality rate which for me i'm i'm thinking that's pretty good um so we planted about 100 of uh those were all canane fir that we that we've planted there and uh also i had one field that i had talked about previously it's black hill spruce uh, now I've changed my mind on the Black Hill Spruce. We're no longer going to plant that for Christmas trees, but we are going to leave what we got to dig and use them for uh, landscape trees. But I'm interplanting. So any of them that died out of there, and I had very few die, um, I think maybe 50 out of the 500 there died. Uh, I'm sorry, 50 out of 50 total trees in that field, maybe 20 or 30 of them were spruce. Uh, I replaced those with Meyer spruce, which grows a little slower, but has much better needle retention, I'm told. And uh, so that's where we're at on that. Uh, also planted a couple rows uh, of area of that field that we didn't plant last year. We just ran out of trees. So planted the last two rows there with uh, Meyer spruce as well. Uh, the remaining canane fir that I had that were uh, the ones that we got, they were bare root. So those were two twos. Some of them look like two ones. So it's a mixture of two ones and two twos. Uh, again, a hundred and some chains there that we replaced. The rest of them we potted up into uh, larger containers <clears throat> to use as well. And also had about 20 Turkish uh, fur that I had as plugs that grew grew pretty good this year and we used some of those in some of the rows just as a test to see uh, as well because the turkish you know uh, they really look good the color looks really good on those there's a lot of info on the turkish so we uh we got that going uh out of all my rows though i will just say if you're in kentucky someone else told me and i'm believe i'm kind of a believer now i wasn't at first uh, nordman fur 
looks the best. Out of all the rows of different trees and different seed sources and planting stock and all that, my Nordman, two rows that I planted, look the best. They are dark green. They aren't the tallest, but they are the best looking. They're full. Their color is excellent. I'm, I'm a believer. So with that being said, we're going to double down a little bit more on the Nordman. I went ahead and ordered another 200 Nordman plugs. We're going to pot those up for planting in the field in a couple years. Um, and I'll probably get some little bit larger Nordman again to, to plant a couple more rows and we'll just integrate them and just see how they do over the course of two or three years. Um, I went ahead and got two pounds of Nordman seed from a select grower and we are going to put uh, we're going to germinate those as well and grow a couple thousand Nordman plugs ourselves so that we'll have uh, we'll have plenty for ourselves. And we're going to have, you know, we'll probably have a thousand of those to sell in the one quart in a couple years as well. Uh, also did get a pound of the Canaan seed. And guess what? I did not know. So the Nordman seed, for people that don't know, the Nordman seed is gargantuan, right? It's, it's huge. It is a very large seed. Um, and then the Canaan, I guess, is a, is, is a small medium seed, but, uh, I think the Nordman are going to be a lot easier to germinate. It looks like this from the germination report, Nordman are an easier uh, tree to grow as well from seed. So uh, that sounds like fun. So we're going to germinate some of the Canaan fir and the Nordman from from the select seed stock that we got from a private collector. And it, you know, we'll we'll have more info on that in the coming years as well. If you're interested, just let me know. Um, and then finally. The plugs that we did order for the greenhouse, we, you know, we're, we're going to keep them in the garage for now. We potted up about 600 Canaan, and I potted up 100 Nordman, and we're going to pot up about 200 Meyer spruce. So we're going to have about, I don't know if I did my math right, but it's it's about 800 plugs that we're that we're potting up to um, be our first batch of uh, plugs that we're going to have just for Christmas tree container. Uh, if you're doing the math, that's pretty much just enough for me um, for that for that planting season. And we're gonna I'm gonna do the same thing in spring. The only difference being uh, production there. We're gonna do about five thousand. So um, for those of you guys that I've talked to, we're you know we'll have you taken care of, and uh, a year and a half from now we'll have uh, we'll have enough containerized quart containers to uh, fill your orders. Um, and that's about it. I hope everybody's having a, a good pre-holiday. I know some of you guys are selling pre-cuts. And you got your U-cut operation setting reservations right now. Uh, we decided we're not doing pre-cuts this year. Um, we are just going to keep working, getting the greenhouse things going. And uh, we'll check in uh, again in November, guys. Hope everybody's having a, a great holiday weekend. And we'll catch you again at probably the end of uh, November or early December. Thank you.